Hello, wonderful people and viewers and listeners to MoCast. Today we have an episode that we've been trying to get going for a good amount of time. Blood decay, because you've seen that talent. What the fuck is Marcellian? Ah, give me a second. God damn it. <laughs> Hey man, we got the podcast. Where you at? Man, I'm I'm in the woods hunting for Ian Acosta's man. What are you calling me for? <laughs> Come on, man. We got to talk about blood decay. What are you doing? Man, I don't know how the fuck a blood decay can tag with a two-handed weapon. What's the goddamn shield, man? All right, all right. Fuck off. We got to kick it out. You don't know hey, shit. Hey, hey, hey. Oh shit! I actually hung up. I don't know if you wanted to say anything anymore. <laughs> But welcome everybody to the podcast. Today we have a, a really awesome selection of people to talk about Blood Decay. And uh, you might know uh, some of them or not, but uh, from uh, my... Which, which side is that? Is that a left? We have uh, Dark Mech Banter, which you might have seen uh, on uh, some of our uh, other episodes. Down below we have Panthea, who is the author and uh, potentially owner of Tank Notes. He will probably tell you more about that, which Tank Notes is uh, a link that you'll find down below in the description for all the things you want to know about tanks. And of course, Mandel, one of the, if not the leading voice on Blood Decay. And um, he clarified the, the fact that I'm a shitty Blood Decay, but it's okay. That's not important. What's important is that, uh, guys, uh, starting with Dark, I think uh, just let people know who you are, what you do and uh, things like that. Uh, so my name is Darkmech. I'm an Australian, uh, I guess, uh, try hard blood DK. I'm a sponsored streamer for BDGG and uh, pretty much generally try and act as uh, another voice for Mandel, I guess, in a in a short description of myself. Yeah. Puppet Master International, yeah? <laughs> Puppet Master International. <laughs> um, I make YouTube guides, Blood DK content, uh, not as good as, as Marcelin and Flame, but um, I, I try and uh, mostly Mythic Plus content. Well, thank you. Thank you for the for the compliments. It's uh, big coming from you because I remember watching uh, your DK guides back, I think, in uh, Legion slash WAD. Must have been WAD. Uh, before we even started having this, so that's that's how I know you. Uh, and for anybody who doesn't know uh, Mr. Banter, Banter, who are you, man? Hi, um, I'm also a Australian DK, I guess, and probably a bit of tryhard as well. Um, but I'm not sponsored by Big Dog Gaming, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I run the Acris Discord, the DK Discord, and I'm an admin there. All right, all right, good stuff, good stuff. And uh, what about the before-mentioned uh, Mandel? Well, I'm basically doing all the guides for Warehead and Icy Veins, and I occasionally work on the, the SimCraft APL for Blood DK. That's about it, really. Oh, I know that uh, Mandel does a lot more for the WoW community in general, but we'll leave that to him if, uh, if you guys don't know if he wants to talk about it or not. Yeah, just general log review, helping people out, trying to basically bring the level of the community up. Yeah, yeah. Because all... more tanks is better, and better tanks are better as well. Especially bloody case. All right, all right. Uh, and uh, Panthea, last but not least. So I also write the guides on Blood DK for Wowhead and Icy Veins. We share that together with uh, Mandel. Uh, also write the Prop Paladin guide for Icy Veins. I also have a all tank slash all role guide website of Tank Notes, which has raid guides and Mythic Plus 
guides content and how to actually get better at that content as a player. Also very active in multiple class Discord communities, helping people improve. And just an all-round bottom tank player will just play whatever's good. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, well, oh, as far as we uh, we know, um, Panthea has been helping us with a lot of uh, tank connections over the over the years, and of course, uh, Mandel as well helped us a lot with understanding blood better in all of our guides. Um, I don't know when was the first one that we that uh, we uh, asked you for the feedback of, because I know we did one where uh, could have been better. Let's say could have been better. <laughs> Uh, might have been 8.1 that was 8.1 i think yeah that was yeah. beauty was uh was a was a long time ago but uh there's a collection of uh, people enjoying the bloody case pack and i feel like uh bloody case is getting enough uh, enough credit uh, as much as it uh, as much as it should but uh, let's actually talk a little bit about um when do you guys think Blood Decay had maybe the best iteration and what you might have found uh, the most fun about this spec? And uh, share that with the people. And uh, let's start with Panthea this time. I'd say it was probably um, kind of in the mock wad era. And this is just uh, tanking in general. You had a lot more control over how you played as a tank, how your choices impacted the total outcome in terms of throughput, whether it was damage or healing. So in MOP, this was mostly done by the Vengeance system where it was risk reward, but taken a bit too far and you got the reward a bit too easily, where um, the more damage you took, the more attack power you gained, which influenced your healing, your damage done. This was kind of tuned back in WAD where it was just the healing part, but then you also played into breath a bit more so you had a bit more focus on your rotation and optimizing your runic power flow to have longer breath cycles. And then that meant that you were doing more damage because your breath was longer and your breath also healed you. So you got healing through that. So it wasn't completely wasted runic power use of, oh, I'm just using it all on damage. No, that damage is also healing me. So that kind of control over tanking is what I and many other tanks in the past have enjoyed about tanking and that's kind of been slowly stripped away over the years and over the expansions that's kind of my ideal time of tanking in general and also tanking on dk oh that's i i perfectly agree with that as a, a tank amateur myself i i mostly enjoy the time when i have a lot or i feel like i have a lot of control of the damage that i take and uh I can no, so sometimes I can feel whenever whenever I swap into something that's a little bit more RNG. Although there's not a lot of RNG going around, uh, that's probably why I personally like uh, Pro Warrior right now a lot. I just feel like I have a tool for most things that happen, so I, I, I can I can see that. Uh, what about you, Mando? I'd add four point three cataclysm to this. So uh, for those who were fortunate enough to know that era, or unfortunate if you played early Cataclysm, Blood Decay was basically fundamentally broken for most of the expansion, in that uh, if you basically missed with Death Strike, as in got parried, dodged, or whatever, you would not get the healing. And in addition to that, all the stamina multipliers that we enjoy today were not present on Blood Decay. So as a result, uh, Blood Decay was the only tank that required expertise cap as an expertise hard cap in order to survive for two of the three tiers of Cataclysm. Mm. They reverted all this when Dragon Soul came out 
And honestly, it was one of the most enjoyable times to be a Blood DK. Because you had all the tools coming from Wrath plus Cataclysm. You had all the problems fixed. You probably had the highest amount of stamina out of any tank. Mastery was not a meme as it is today. It's, it worked in every content, not just the, the hardest type of content. And yeah, in general, it was just super enjoyable. You had full control over everything. You had a deep and meaningful rotation. You had AOE cooldowns to help your group. You had everything, basically. And that turned into Mock Death Knight, which was also really good. What Death Knight, which was also really good. And then the Legion rework and BFA kind of started stripping things away from Blood DK, one after the other. And it led to where we are today. Mm, so Cataclysm, God, that's a long time ago. And uh, what about you, Bento? I see you drinking your water from your green bottle suspiciously. Uh, what about your history with... Yeah. Sure, sure. We, we totally trust you. We totally trust what you're saying right now. Uh, <clears throat> when was when was your favorite time of, with Bloody Cake? Easy answer. I think you might already know this flame. Good old uh, <clears throat> Blackrock Foundry DK. Blackrock <laughs> Foundry Blood DK. Dude, oh, multi-strike man. breath. Oh man. Every global cooldown you had to think of like you had about four different decisions if you should keep your breath going, if you had to quickly death strike because you made a mistake. Oh man, it was just so much fun. Um, super rewarding, super engaging, super fun. Probably a bit too broken though if we're going to damage thing and that's like understandable. But I think it definitely nailed the fun aspect and it definitely had the best risk or reward gameplay for a tank. All Maybe right. not enough risk though. I can agree with that. Well, it was strong. Hmm. Mm, it's pretty. It was pretty busted, but it was still fun. Yeah. That's what counts. It's a game after all. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I I've missed playing it on on Black Foundry. Now I regret it a lot more. I kind of started playing uh, Bloody yeah. Cat at the end at the end of the at the end of what, and I was so shit that I was actually kicked from my uh, <laughs> my challenger group because they weren't getting the challenge. I think it was gold. What was it at the time? They they were ah, not challenge modes. Gold challenge oh, yeah. modes. Yeah, yeah. They they weren't getting gold with me on the team, and I was like, ah, oh, this sucks so much. I thought this only happened in high school. Why did it keep happening? <laughs> um, right. Um, yeah. No. I. That's when I discovered Bloody Can actually fell in love with the space. I was like, this is pretty cool. Like so many things on it. That's that's how I that's how I view things. I was like, it has many things. That was what's imp what was important for me. Uh, all right. What what about you, Dark? Uh, I'd probably say Wad. To be honest, what was when I got pretty uh, heavily into blood. Like I did um, challenge modes in MOP on four classes and Blood Decay was just one of them. But it was WOD where I really got into selling challenge modes and going for realm bests and things like that. Um, and like the guys have said, like Breath of Syndergrace had to be one of the funnest things um, to have in game. And even things like Plague Leech talent was really cool um, in regards to managing... And then bringing back, you know, like multi-strike. I, I enjoyed those aspects of the game a lot, especially in challenge modes. Have an army of the dead as a blood DK was insane. Being able to pop it before the challenge mode started and then run in and pop it again. Um, like double army pulls to just take no damage and just breath to it. Like it was, it was a really fun, engaging DK sort of time with the spec. Um, it was busted. Like it was busted out the wazoo, but... 
in saying that, I remember um, doing like no healer challenge modes with a brewmaster and chi torpedoing through the group and still being able to keep everyone at full health because it was so busted as well. So it was equally busted specs going on in the game while that was happening, but it was probably the most engaging and fun, like fun blood DK version we've had, I think. Um, I'd miss that. I'd bring that back in our beat. You have Bone Storm now. <laughs> yeah. Good one. It's not the same. <laughs> it would have been better if your character just yelled Bone Storm and everybody could hear it. That would have that would have been that would have made the skill complete. <laughs> it was just it's like Vance was saying before, like you had that you had so many decisions that went into your gameplay when you were mm. playing with Breath of Syndragosa and you you had that real risk reward factor to where if you made a mistake, did you have to death strike and dump a bunch of runic power to sacrifice mm. your breath? Like it, it was just it, it was a really thought provoking build um, that you would get to to manage. And blood DK has always been one of those specs that punishes you, you know, seconds later after you make mistakes. But this this just was this was a really good version of the class. And yeah, why we can't go back to it? The spec had real feedback as well. Oh yeah, it did actually. Mm. It's it's unlike Blood Decay today, where you make mistakes and you gradually fall behind. But in what you you felt the mistakes. Well, um, kind of. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the iteration of Blood Decay, more or less, uh, that you know, most of you guys favored was pre Legion at the very least. And uh, Legion changed a lot of a lot of specs for a lot of people. They wanted to do do more uh, spec fantasy over class fantasy because obviously they had to work in the spec legendaries, which uh, it's it's fair enough, I suppose. But it did get stripped. And then Legion was it in Legion when we lost uh, runes when we just got blood runes all 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 around. We yes. Didn't... Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 was a stripped layer of uh, of complexity that they took away. <clears throat> I know. I think I remember the argument about that, but did they say anything about why they've changed the, uh, why they've went up from uh, from what from multi strike and from all of those other things? Um, uh, what was the vengeance or the the, the set that was resolve, before? resolve, resolve? All right. Um, yeah, it was vengeance mob then. Yeah, vengeance, vengeance was mob. mob. Yeah, yeah. They definitely went away. Went away from that. Uh, why why do you guys think they went away from it and why do we have the current iteration of blood today because just looking back and even even at my dumbass playing it in what it's no comparison to what it is today there was a lot more uh, a lot more things going on and things popping in my head like oh my god yes i had breath and fucking army man and on blood so this this spec fantasy uh, dedication that they seem to have been going on kind of diluted a little bit because there's not a lot to, to put in and at the same time, we had uh, things in Legion that kind of made it into the talent tree, like consumption that doesn't really uh, do much, which which was always, as, as uh, I played Blood mostly in Legion, uh, more in Legion, and consumption was such a cool thing to do. What it, Regardless of how strong it was, it just felt really awesome. But what do you guys think of the, the development of, of DK and how, how it got to the point that where it is today? I think that question is better split in two parts, the additions and the reworks. Mm. Because the, so in, for instance, for the reworks, we have Runetap, which was basically the active mitigation in WAD. And it was required on quite a few mechanics, as in there were a lot of AM checks. And in Legion, they decided to strip this completely, make it a talent and just make it a kind of burst damage reduction charge system-ish. 
it's kind of difficult to describe what they were going with on that one. But they still kept the AM checks. Some of it just feels like they reworked things, but not fully. To the point that, I mean, there were AM checks on Dark Rule, there were the AM checks in, uh, what was it, Black Recalled on the, the second boss? And the only way to pass those AM checks was to Death Strike before the hit, initially. Which made no sense. Was that for the for the mastery? What is it? Blood, blood no, shield no, was? No, it was just for a three second buff, which is the recently death strike buff. Oh, okay. Just so you would not take the extra damage or the hundred percent extra damage debuff on those oh, the, the knockback in Naltharian's lair and yeah. things like that as well. Yeah. yeah. So midway through Legion, they then decided to add marrow rending as an active mitigation variant. So you now had recently death strike that also counted for marrow rend and force you to waste bone shield charges before the hit. Like, just nonsensical changes like this. Mm -hmm. In terms of the, the runes, it was... I think it was more just simplification, in that the rune system, even with the three different types, well, or two different types, later on, was still... it was still relatively simple to manage, but just daunting to a new player. And basically, I think it was the, sim the simplification was just for that. It was mm. just to basically make it look less like having four different resources. There was a there was a huge um, prune moving from Wad towards Legion. I, I I do I can't like I wouldn't be able to find the post, but I do remember they had stated they wanted to simplify classes because they'd felt it had gone. Things had become too complex. We'd had too much button bloat and things like that. Whereas the classes were probably at their peak design. Um, and then they just, they wanted to oversimplify everything. And I remember every single tank, like that was where we went away, you know, from what into, into Legion. I remember Blood DK had completely changed around. We got Mara Ren for Bone Shield charges and things like that. And I didn't actually mind that, but I remember playing Brewmaster the first time and you could play Brewmaster in Legion on a one button macro. Um, because it was was all the rage that came out when it when it started, and I was kind of like, "What the hell did they do to this class?" But they really they finite stripped everything back, moving from Wad forward, um, and that's you know that's like Mandel was saying with the with the runes, it just became about a simplification factor because I, I don't know if classes were coming becoming too complex for what the general public was seeking for for WoW or, or what the reason was, but yeah, it definitely got dumbed down. Well, do you think that had... I, I, I would imagine it had a lot to do with the fact that they were planning to add the Demon Hunter as a class and whether or not they just couldn't find anything to add to the class because obviously it was pretty bare bones as a, as a class would be. And if you would compare... If, if they would have kept uh, Blood Decay and obviously all the other specs in their water ratio with maybe one or two changes moving into Legion and then you put Demon Hunter into it and realize like, oh my god, this spec has almost nothing. Obviously, they had the tendency to lower the barrier of entry for new players, which is a little bit weird because I don't know if they figured out recently that there's not a lot of new players in WoW. It's mostly just us uh, old people that, that have been playing. I've been playing the game for like 5, 6, 10, 12, 14 years. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if they see that, but obviously uh, the community, whether it was blood or not, they've been crying out for a lot of things, hence the unpruning of Shalens, which is, you know, debatable of, of the, the loosely used term of unpruning. Um, but it's clear that people want more, people want, uh, people want complexity, people want death, because you just get bored. I mean, BFA was, uh, alt for Azeroth that was so cumbersome to, to grow, because you just didn't have much, Well, you've got your Azerite. And you played the next raid tier and it's just getting those same as rights at a higher eye level. It's, uh, uh, well, 
I don't necessarily think people want simple or mm. the opposite of it. I think people just want meaningful. Exactly. That's what I meaningful choice. There's going to be a really unpopular opinion on this one. But for, uh, when you mentioned that uh, Demon Hunter was a stripped down class to an extent, Vengeance was actually really deep in Seven Mo. Like up until the point where they buffed the living crap out of Spirit Bomb, Vengeance Demon Hunter was actually a, a deep and engaging rotation before that. Mm. And I still have no idea why they did this, like why they turned something that required thought into a tube button mash fest. I remember when they added the spirit bomb. Ooh, the, the, the times. Uh, that was not okay for anybody that was not a vengeance. No, but like in 7-0, spirit bomb would only take one uh, soul fragment as opposed to up to five. And you basically used it just to keep the, the debuff on the targets. Other than that, you basically played around it, basically making use of the 10% leech that it would give you. That's something that went away when they, I, th I think the AP multiplier was like times five or times six when uh, when they changed it in 7.1. I, that was the simplification. Before that, Vengeance was decent-ish. Mm. But back back to uh, to our blood talks. I did have something uh, to play off you what you said, Mandel, in that uh, Rune Tap was the de facto active mitigation uh, back in Wad, and they uh, switched that to Talent in Legion. Um, but they still kept the encounter design or the damage profile that tanks would take, similar where you would have where you would need active mitigation. They kind of swapped that around with, with Marin and everything. But uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. At least in, uh, for the majority of BFA, you would probably almost never take Rune Tap, even though it was by design wise, uh, like you mentioned, supposed to be your active mitigation. Um, why is that? If and if and if the game still has these moments where you know tank busters, whatever you want to call them. Where you would need like a, something strong to, to reduce the damage that you take. Why wasn't a blood tap taken any anymore? At least in uh, in BFA, uh, root tap, not blood tap. And oh, I mean, right. Going back to Warden before, there's also a key difference in that death strike up to a certain point was runes, not runic power. Oh right, there was a time. So you had a meaningful choice there that went away. When right, they brought right, it back right. as a talent and then later on baseline, it still costs a rune. But the outcome is that you you basically can't get as much runic power as you would on Heart Strike, for instance. So I was gonna say, and if I can chime in, that they basically transformed Death Strike to be a spender. If you think of the basic like build a spender paradigm. Um, as opposed to this is a primary resource and you can spend it on this, this, or this. So they basically stripped the choice and just made it a binary spender option. So you yep. build just so you can death strike. As a result now, well, yeah. you, you build as effectively as possible. And if you don't need it, why would you take the penalty? And so speaking of uh, well, the history of the changes of uh, Bloody Cane, how it is now, how do you guys feel about the current design of, uh, of the Bloody Cane challenge in the current meta? Obviously, uh, I don't know how much you guys tested uh, the, the 9.1 rate, but in, in terms of the overall content design raids and dungeons, how do you feel Blood Decay tackles all of that? Does it need anything? Does it like not match with other tanks or anything like that? Like, because there's obviously community perception about it that doesn't really fit. Blood Decay is not a bad tank. Personally, I feel very comfortable on my Blood Decay. The only time I don't is when I obviously over pull. And I don't think, unless I'm under geared, uh, geared I don't think raids are specifically hard on Blood Decay, unless, you know, Mythic is definitely different. But what do you guys think of how Blood Decay uh, performs in uh, Shadowlands? If if the design choice 
uh, that they made for the spec is okay, if there's more that they can be adding or changing and anything like that, especially in terms of legendaries and conduits. I've been doing all of the testing on Sanctum so far, and all of the encounters are one or two targets. So that in itself means that um, you're not getting as much healing as you could do on even higher target count fights with hemostasis, buffing your death strike from your blood boils. Um, of one of those fights, it has regular occurrences where you need to grip adds, and that is a niche of blood decay. But of those adds, you only really need to grip one or two of those at a time, and it's quite infrequent, so that can just be delegated to DPS death knights, or you just have a third tank that just does all the gripping for everyone, and they use the double grip legendary. It can finally be crafted. Um, other than that, um, if you kind of stack Blood Decay against other tanks in the raid, it doesn't have a raid buff or debuff. Um, AMZ, um, I'm sure we'll get onto that a lot later. Just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, mass Grip just isn't really that vital in the new raid, and that's kind of been Blood's go-to reason as to why you would bring them in on a particular encounter. So if we look back historically, you'd see everyone use a blood DK on kill Jaden just for one mass grip in the entire 10 minute fight or you'd see them getting used on agrimar just purely for grips again um, it's also quite similar on protection paladin you'd only really see them in droves where there's a very key mechanic that can be completely removed by that tank choice so triviality of the encounter happening because of tank choice is a large reason of why you would bring a tank that just doesn't bring a buff or debuff and that just still isn't quite there but that's not to say that blood decay is bad it's still a good tank and you can still do all of the content with blood decay or any tank at a wide variety of eye levels for all of mythic it's just that if you're looking purely from an optimization perspective, very few guilds need to do this. Probably wouldn't bring a blood DK. <clears throat> did that? Did that change? Was that because uh, you mentioned this uh, putting it against the 9.1 content? Is it any different for Nathria? I mean, we know the the strength of AMZ and how good it was for uh, for Nathria. But outside of that, was there any other reason to uh, to bring a blood DK? Nathria exactly the same. It's just that in Nathria, you didn't have any reason for grips. And the, the AMZs could be brought by Unholy. DMZ were brought by Unholy most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and the, uh, I mean, just, just, just adding to that, there was like uses for uh, grip, but they weren't really significant uses. So, like in Council, you can like grip the little ads. In SLG, you can grip the. Oh, God, what are those little wind dudes called? The ads? Skirmishes. Yeah, skirmishes. you yeah. can grip the skirmishes to make it slightly easier for melee to hit them if like all three are up at the same time. Really niche things. I That's another case good. where you can just cover it with a Necrolo DK, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm -hmm. Necrolo DK or uh, even a Brewmaster Monk, because everything that yeah. grips can be clashed as well. Yeah. yeah. Of Vengeance Demon Hunter, I guess, as well. And uh, Group is smaller, so it's a bit harder. I wanted, I wanted to play off what you what you said, Panthea, because I'm actually a little bit curious. I know because I played uh, Blood Decay in uh, Nihilotha Heroic, so it's not the same as Mythic, but I, re I remember being uh, group being really good on Hive Mind. but outside of that, wasn't really impressed with how many times I needed a group. But your examples were mostly Legion Raids, Agrimar and Kill Jaden, 
And that, that happened a while ago. Do you think that they're just not designing enough encounters that can take advantage of Bloody Decay's strengths? Or do you think that the kit for Bloody Decay maybe is a little bit antiquated and that may, may need to change? Because we can definitely see when it comes to meta at the very least, uh, specs that are at the top of the meta are usually specs that work really well with their, their encounter design, not necessarily specs that either do the most amount of damage on paper or not. Whereas we can see probably why Fire Mage is so good and specs that usually have very short bursts for the way that the bosses were designed so far in Nathria, depending on how this will be 9.1. But in terms of like uh, Blood Decay, do you think that they're just slowly just not making content that make that favors them? Because from, a, from an average perspective, that's kind of how it looks. I don't feel like I have, if I bring as, a, if I come as a bloody kid to my guild's rank uh, greater, they're going to be like, oh my God, thank God you came here. Now we can do this so much easier. It's, it doesn't... There was one in BFA, which was Mechatalk. And to an extent, Stormwall as well, when people were abusing the D&D bug. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Stormwall blockade, um, that particular example was just countered by having a frost mage, which is yep. a lot easier to fit into a raid comp where you have 14 DPS slots versus two tank slots. And for Mecha Talk, um, yeah, Blood was great there. Um, so was having Druids and knockbacks because you could just root those ads as soon as you knock them into place. So mm -hmm. there were reasons, but there were also alternatives. And then when you're looking at a very limited pool to use, so two tanks, you kind of look to see what's our best uses in those spaces but then kind of calling a bit further back to legion where blood dk representation was quite high it's not to say that you know, blood itself was op as a spec if one artifact trait made it quite desirable in mythic plus and that was when you used consumption it gave the group leech that made the group in mythic plus have a lot of self-healing that they could do quite rotationally. It meant that the healer had more freedom. And typically when you're looking at tanks, most tanks will play just one tank. So you'll play the tank that you have the most ease with the widest array of content. And because there wasn't any particular reason to bring any specific tanks for most of the raid encounters in Legion, it made Mythic Plus a lot easier. So that meant a lot of tanks were playing Blood Decay there. Mm-hmm. Remember the times of consumption and leech. Ooh. Yeah, it was I mean, pretty crazy. If we're, speaking about, if we're speaking about Nihil Earth, though, Twilight Devastation, baby. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, Blood, Blood DK had the highest oh. stamina multiplier, so yeah. Yeah. I remember running uh, three haste multipliers and like five Twilight Devs, six Twilight Devs. That is that is by that the was, end. Now right? that was fun. <laughs> yeah, we our our blood decay was like constantly wrecking us. I mean, it was like, oh my god, dude, no. I mean, why why am I here? What what's going on? Um, yeah, and that was a very interesting there as the kind of predictions up until that point was tank damage is probably going to get buffed. The all of the testing, no tanks were really taking any damage, so it's probably going to get doubled. So blood decay is probably not going to be that great. Then the raid came out. They didn't adjust the tank damage. So it was like, okay, who can abuse the living heck out of all of the corruptions? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that just changed guys, overnight. What was the second last fight in uh, Nihilotha again? Carapace. I just, yeah, I just remember mass gripping those ads and then like, oh my god, I got a Twilight Dead fuck and then everyone just <laughs> dies, pre-nerf. Oh, 
Um, like, there wasn't any fun gameplay choices or anything. It was just broken. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. I mean, like, tracking back uh, to Legion as well, like the encounter design yeah. played a huge part into it. Like Agrimar, the ads that you had to grip would come from all around the platform yeah. as opposed mm. to being in a certain space. And on top of this, you can you could abuse server ticks on that one so that you could mass grip four ads into Agrimar and only take the base damage as opposed to the buff damage of the AoE. It's things like this that makes mass grip super desirable on some fights. I think Pantheus said it well, though, where he did say... And I think it's a, a thing the community miss a lot of the time is that every tank is viable for every piece of content in the game pretty much. And it's it's only at that world level where that real consideration needs to come into it. And especially if you've got two tank slots and, you know, if, if Havoc's shit and you want to bring in Vengeance, so you've got the debuff that Vengeance provides and that's something you do. If Windwalker's not performing well and Brewmaster, well, Brewmaster's always going to be a decent raid tank, but you get the physical damage buff from Brewmaster if you're not bringing a Windwalker and things like that. So, But it's only at a, a really top level where that's a consideration, and I think that's a big part that gets lost in community discussion around oh, yeah. you know, yep. raid, raid encounter design, designed for tanks and things like that. And Agrimar was... Agrimar's a pretty big exception to it where Blood DK made that fight a lot easier, but... But for 90% of the community, like every tank is going to be fine for every single piece of content that they're wanting to do. It just it just gets filtered down the wrong way. And then the community just seems to grab hold of what the top 10 world guilds are doing. And that must be what they need to do. Yep. Uh, people... I mean, every tank also brings its own unique thing as well. Like We haven't seen any transcendence abuse just yet. But I'm pretty yep. sure we're going to see some at some point. There's, there's some that you can do next. <laughs> yeah, <Ooh>. thought so. <laughs> um, but to kind of pull back to this tier as well, uh, within the first 20 guilds that did Mythic Nihilofa, all tanks were used. Ever, ever, uh, clearly, this is something that obviously we're doing uh, YouTube content for pretty much all the specs in the game. We do have a particular, uh, well, a few particular attitudes that we try to impart in our videos. One of which is like, you can pretty much play anything that you want because when it comes to competitiveness people what people don't understand um, is that to be able to play the meta you have to be able to play the meta um and <clears throat> the thing is people just want to know uh people just want to be told what's good and what to play and obviously just looking at the world first since it's very mediatized it's uh, i don't know if that's the word uh esports basically are a good source to figure out okay if they play it then i should be able to play it but then again you know if you don't play a fire mage and fighting four to five packs consistently whenever you have combust you're just doing like regular damage like everybody else i was going to mention the fire mage thing particularly in mythic plus like i've seen so many people pick up fire mage and then either not press combustion hold it for way too long or press it in the wrong moments where they end up being basically bottom dps every fight yeah that's if you copy the top end, understand why they play it in the first place. Exactly. That's the, the big advice. And the same thing goes for any spec, by the way. Like, whenever you start progressing a fight or something like this, if somebody has already done it on the spec that you're going to bring, go check logs. Inspire yourself on cooldown usage, on anything related to this. See how they do stuff. Rather than just going, well, I'm bringing a fire mage, so I must be good, yeah? Yeah, so... another really huge point is to it as well is people put too much ownership around uh like this gets a little bit away from what mandel's saying but people to put too much emphasis on 
things like their talents, uh, legendaries and things like that, rather than putting it down to just playing their class properly mm. as well. Like the, the, the effect the user has on whether you like live or die versus the gear you've got, the stats you've got, the legendary, it's not, it's not as big a deal. We saw it in season four of BFA with versatility corruption. Um, I can think back to Noggy using Rune Tap and everything that came with that as well. It, you know, your survival comes down to so much of your rotation and your decisions and dungeon knowledge and things like that, or encounter knowledge versus, you know, if you've got two percent more versatility and things like that. And generally, people look to blame those issues on spec and everything else I've just mentioned before they look at, you know, maybe it was me. You know, pressing my buttons incorrectly, or as Mandel said, if you're playing a fire mage because you see the top person, but you're holding combust for, you know, five minutes or something like that, or you're not pressing it on the wrong packs, then that's the reason you're not doing, you're not performing, is because of you. It's not because of the class. It's not because of anything else. It's because of the player. I think this is an unfortunate uh, side effect of uh, them keeping uh, adding external player power systems that scale your power. And I think the most obvious sentence was, well obvious was in uh, 8.3 when the corruptions inflated your player power so much that pretty much anybody can do almost anything and you could play <laughs> well i mean we know what uh, like how, how certain specs were, were played and performing really well at the time um but you can cl you could clearly uh uh let's say Comp no, not compliment, but uh, like compensate the lack of skill with external power that was just doing a lot of work for you. I don't remember if this was ever a thing prior to Legion, uh, but I don't remember in WAD thinking that even even as a scrub player myself, I don't remember it's like, oh my god, if I get that one trick and I'm just gonna be an entirely different player or whatever it was, or that one tier set or whatever. I, I still felt like, oh, I have all this gear, yet I still fucking suck. There has to be an, a reason, right? So, uh, and, and that, that was always kind of a thing with RPGs. Uh, as, as far as I'm, I'm concerned, how I grew up is like, okay, I, I can get all of that cool stuff, but I, if I don't play right, it's, it's besides the point. Yeah, it's something I've said a few times of, um, if you're looking at min-maxing, focus on the min. Oh, that's, that's... Raise that minimum level up to a point where optimizations actually matter. I mean, a, just to bring an anecdote, there's arcane mages right now doing 23s, yeah? I have heard I, stories of, of arcane yeah. mages. <laughs> Legends. I, I've been playing it just for just for memes in the past two weeks, and bloody hell. Like, it's going to hurt when Prideful goes away. Oh, it's because of the, the whole, Prideful. The whole point of arcane mage is mana management, and Prideful gives you infinite mana. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't think about that. I thought it was just the damage inflation. <laughs> I'm prideful, and it's it's really fun to play. Like if you have a mage, just try it. It's not as good as fire, but it's a hell of a lot more fun. I, I I've seen some snippets of uh, I don't know. There was this dude that did 140k arcane blast. I was like, what the? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a, that's it's a lot of numbers to show on the screen at one time in Shadowlands. I don't know. This is what I can say. I did have a one one specific thing that I wanted to uh, to ask you guys, and obviously this goes the same for Mythic Plus and uh, and Raid. Um, and this is something I discovered um, to an extent in in BFA, and it's narrowing down more. It's nail is being nailed down more and more each time. 
um, when we did the research for the tanks and I was talking to Mandel, Blood Decay pretty much favored uh, any external any external gearing source that favored DPS over tankiness. Either the trinkets, uh, trinkets are a good example, either the trinkets were just not well designed for, for DK, maybe you guys can, can talk about as to why that is. Let me stop you right there. It's because all the tank trinkets are shit. It's not because the DPS. Oh, okay, okay. The, oh, so, so in that case, all the, the bloody kill legendaries are shit too. Okay, super strange. Yeah, I mean, most of them are. It's, I mean, take a good you example. I should, I should take yep. off my 226 blade armor trinket? What? Really? No? What? Oh, you have that? Have got oh, it in the oh. <laughs> that hasn't been a quicker disenchant in my entire life. What a dog shit. No, no, no. That, okay, that, that's shit. But what is the, the other one in Halls of Atonement that, that slows you down? Oh, and this Stone Heart. Yeah, holy shit. That's, that's a cluster trap. Of, geez, I cannot even, I, can't, I, I I couldn't believe it's like, oh, I'm a DK, I have death advanced, I will negate that slow. Um, <laughs> like, it gets even worse when you compare it to scale, where you're like, okay, you can get an absorb for your entire max HP every two minutes, versus what, 600 armor? <laughs> like, it's just, no. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't there a pair of uh, plate bracers in, in BFA that gave you parry chance, if I recall, or something like that? Yes. Oh, Mechagon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I put them, I think I think I was testing them on the warrior just stats-wise to figure out exactly, okay, is the parry chance going to be impactful enough? Not to mention that parry fundamentally is just RNG. <laughs> and I popped in and I was like, okay, do I have another pair of bracers that I can equip instead? <laughs> the worst one was the tank trinket from Mechagon. The one that gave you three stacks of a buff yeah. that had a minimal amount of armor and every time oh. you took a melee hit it would reduce by one and you're like <laughs> that's so bad see because of little things like this if it happened like once in a blue moon you would say okay they kind of fucked up but it's a little it seems like it's a little bit consistent like what happens once in a blue moon is something like the nazoth trinket right or the 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 skill that we have now which which are good for at least some of the tanks really good enough but most of the tank trinkets kind of kind of off the mark, and whenever I tank, I was like, okay, they're, what is gonna give me the most amount of stats? They're and... always absorbs in some way or other. And <clears throat> I feel like there is a fundamental misconception on when it comes to item design as to the value of armor, because every single garbage trinket is armor. Oh, what about the Darkmoon trinket in Legion? Use that for the entire expansion. Uh, well, well, Arcano crystal? Oh. No, it's not Arcano crystal, is it? The the one no, that, that gave was you... from with a gym. Yeah, it, it gave you a good amount of armor, just constantly, and it would go up or down every few seconds. Oh yeah, uh, I do no, I remember, remember that. Yeah, and you used it for the entire expansion. It was like, okay, one of my trinket slots is done. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's been the exception, though. Yeah, it, like, it's usually that there's mm. one good tank trinket per expansion. I mean, there's two right now, but yeah. Oh, what is the so, second one? The, the cheat death trinket. <laughs> King. Yeah. Spoiler. When it comes to when it comes to high keys or dangerous content, like it allows you to not have to pick purgatory. I uh, I can subscribe to that, but that might not be because I was doing high keys. But we're not going to talk about about uh, about that. That's not that's not important. That's not related relating to blood. Um, <clears throat> we did talk a little bit about how blood kind of was in the past and kind of how it is now. Uh, how how does it look in the in nine point one? I mean, uh, Pantheon tested a little bit of the raid. I don't know if we have full access to the dungeon yet. I haven't actually had a lot of time to spend on the PTR. But moving forward in, in the way that the content is designed and the legendaries that we get, 
um, if for for how much ever much you guys know about nine point one, what can you talk about Blood Decay? And is there anything good that's gonna ha- that's gonna be on the horizon? Extra six percent to all active abilities. Big game changing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, that's that's the damage buff, right? Yeah. Oh Jesus. In practice, it's a bit less than six percent, thanks to you know, it's not buffing pets, it's not buffing auto attacks, it's not buffing like it's only buffing what is whitelisted. So, yeah, you said yeah. it was about 4.5% before, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Less than that if you have DPS trinkets, obviously. And on 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 uh, uh play, playing on what where you just said, and maybe this is a question that uh, Dark can answer as well, since he does more Mythic Plus content. Um <clears throat> I know that I was talking to you, Mendel, uh, after uh, at some point when they buffed the, the Crimson Rune Weapon Legendary, or what's the name of it that makes Dancing Rune uh, Blades uh, mm-hmm. give you Maroran stacks and uh, all and whatnot. And we were still debating if it's better or not than Super Strain, just because Super Strain adds a little bit more damage and runic power generation, which is probably the runic power is really what Super Strain might do the best. But that just, again, comes back to, uh, to what I mentioned. is like either they're not designing cool defensive stuff, like Prot Warrior Reprisal is really, really cool to play with. Even the wall, which is a boring, oh, shield wall, cooldown reduction reduced. It's still more interesting because like, you get it often enough where you can like rotate it on packs and think about your cooldown rotation. That that's a fun playstyle, at least for me. But Blood Decay, outside of the Crimson Room weapon, which I think is really cool, most of the time you might still use Super Strain, or at least some of the time you might still use Super Strain, which is just damage and a little bit of runic power generation. No, and why? Why do you think that is? Did they not? They're not getting like the design wise or. What would what could Blood Decay get defensively that would be really cool? And it's like okay, fuck Super Strain. Let's let's uh. Like let's go back to the legendary first, like the Crimson Rune weapon one. Before the raid came out, we had a whole bunch of people going, "I want to craft a legendary. I want to craft a legendary. What should I craft?" And I was actively recommending people to craft that at rank one, just because it is a fun legendary to play around. Even in the the pre-buff version, it was fun to have Dancing Rune weapon every minute. Like it didn't have the rune region at the end. It didn't have the uh, the extra bones. It didn't have anything like that. And still, it was fun because it changed your rotation. It changed the way you approach content. Rather than having cooldowns every two packs in Mythic Plus, you would have it every pack. And mm. threat is also a problem for Blood DK because we have no upfront burst. That legendary helps on this. Now, obviously, the moment you get to high keys, like really high keys. The moment you have no cooldowns, you're out of the pack. And that's where Super Strain picks up, because you're out of the pack, so... Your dots still tick, you still get runic power, you still get damage. Whereas Crimson Rune Weapon does nothing for you. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those cases, and you can see it on the leaderboards. Like, people uh, up to like plus 20 or so will play Crimson Rune Weapon, and then they'll gradually switch to Super Strain, simply because they're out of the pack more frequently. The, the tank kiting meta. <laughs> and Crimson Room Weapon, I think, you know, to get the most value out of it, you also have to kind of think about when you're going to be using it as well. Like you want to be using it obviously off cooldown as you're going into bigger packs, but you you wanna you wanna be at trying to aim so your bone shield stacks are dropping below four by the time you activate it. So you're not wasting the resources from that. You also have to take into account the extra runic power that you're going to gain at the end of it as well. There's a bit more, um, I don't know, brain power, I guess, that goes into getting the most out of that legendary, where Super Strain, like Mandel said, is it's just, it's set and forget. You you just put it on and you don't do anything differently. 
Um, and then you also get the value when you're out of the pack. And the, the runic power gain from them isn't hugely different. It's just you obviously have access to Crimson Rune Weapon, uh, to Dancing Rune Weapon a lot more with CRW on which, you know, has its own value for just burst damage there because we really lack in damage. Like we really, really lack in our damage output compared to other tanks. It's scary. That's uh, that's that's been a problem for Bloody Decay for a while though, right? Because I remember, uh, at least in BFA playing, I could not do anything with anybody until I got damage corruptions. I could not hold aggro. It was crazy. I had to. I've I've learned to use grip as a taunt because I didn't. I wasn't able to keep aggro. And uh, obviously they did the six percent. And this comes back to how the it seems like they're design they're they're buffing classes because they said that they don't want to really do big buffs uh, in the middle of the patch. And now we're I mean not in the middle of the patch anymore. And the 6% is, let's say, mediocre would be putting it mildly. Because I think one good example of this, because we talked with the, with the Fury boys as well. Uh, Fury was pretty, pretty shit at the beginning of the tier. And then and it got buffs and it got buffs again. I think it was like three instances of buffs or whatever. And that actually made Fury at least above average. But I think it's doing a little bit better than that. And I feel like all of those buffs that Fury got incrementally, the, like three stages were like the 6%-ish, 3 three to 6%-ish type buffs. So I feel like maybe we can get more than just 6%. Uh, do you think like just overall uh, buffs to multiple abilities are the solution or maybe to specific abilities might be, might be more oriented? Like maybe not 6% overall, but like 10% here and nothing there or something like that. But AoE, the problem is blood boil. <clears throat> because fundamentally it does nothing. Like when you compare it to other tanks, it's its front-loaded damage is very, very small. So having okay, I'm, I'm not gonna say going back to what 6.0, where Blood Boil was hitting like an absolute truck. Mm. But somewhere in between where Blood Boil either does a bit more damage or a lot more damage or has a, an extra threat modifier on it to help Mythic Plus. Because it's it's both Blood Boil in terms of damage and the fact that it's on a charge system that doesn't allow you to speed it up. That causes a problem. Just mm -hmm. make it like gonna... Avatar Thunderclap in BFA, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> uh, I mean, when, like, something like when Dancing Rune Weapon is up, the, the charge cooldown is halved or something like this. That would be a simple change. That'd actually be cool. We fixed it. Done. Yeah. Okay. Blood, blood, blood boil fixed. That's actually a, a really good point because when I think of Blood Boil and comparing to other tanks, I think of uh, Thunderclap or in this case, maybe Revenge for Warrior. Uh, what is it? Rushing Jade Wind for Monk and uh, Consecration for Paladin, although uh, the damage of them differs, but they all kind of contribute to their kit somehow. Uh, Thunderclap can can reset Shield Slam, uh, Consecration yeah. gives you damage reduction, Blood Boil gives you dots, and it's supposed to be leech. Like, whenever I look at Blood Boil and Blood Plague, it's like, oh, it's leeching, it's giving me heals, but I don't, I've, I've hardly ever feel it. It seems like they're really run, they really want to drive that point. I was like, oh, this is going to heal you, but... Uh, it's the lack of synergy that hurts. And it's also the fact that you have competing priorities when you engage every pack. Exactly. Because you're you're going to want to have Bone Shield up, which, by the way, if you're a good DK, you'll have it from the previous pack. But if it's the first pack of the key, which is usually a big pool and lusted, you, have, you suddenly need to bring up Bone Shield. You have to, if you didn't know that you could keep Runic Power before the key starts, you have no Runic Power as well, so you, you have no way to Death Strike. You need to grab the mobs as quickly as possible and make sure they don't kill the EPS. What do you press? 
what do you sacrifice? Do you sacrifice yourself or one of your teammates? I, I just feel like blood needs another AOE in general. Mm-hmm. Either like a rune spread or like a 10 or 20 RP dump that just like does piece damage but just gets high aggro. There's a lot. Of it, it's a design problem, though. Like it's a, it's, yeah. it's 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 an issue that's made by designers, like because they yeah. took a fucking sedge, sledgehammer to the spec and destroyed it. Like it's not this was fixed back in the day. It. Nah, it's like how this was fixed back before, like Legion. Um, even is you had to decide, like you you were spending your runes, um, right? So before homogenized runes were a thing, you could just keep spending runes on blood boil, right? Um, but you had a choice between that and Death Strike. But because of how they've massacred spec, for lack of a better term, um, this is just not that choice anymore. Because yeah. they've moved where Death Strike is. Now it's it's a spender, right? So you're just spending up your runes to just put in like a filler resource. Then you're going to spend it eventually. Um, and then they just gave... Uh, or charges because originally like it didn't even have a charge it was just like one and then it had like a five second cooldown from memory right I can like mm-hmm. BFA maybe or on Legion I can't remember like it was BFA I don't know it's just so pointless man like it's been that way for years but, like, do you think they might have uh, attempt, uh, attempted to sort out the, the issue the choice issue when going into a pack or even on a boss although maybe uh, on a boss is not that, that difficult because you just pop dancing room weapon uh, do you think they, they they attempted to solve that issue by just making rune tap baseline? Do you think that that's yes why they? Yes and no, because it it doesn't really solve the problem. It just marks it. Like Panthea and I were theorizing and providing feedback on that one, where we also have dead buttons in the kit. Like we have Descaras that basically does nothing. And for all intents and purposes, the the runic power that you gain from hitting Descaras is equivalent to Marrowrend, except that obviously, since one is two runes, you get double of it. Why not just remove Marrowrend entirely and make Descaras gives you the bones? Suddenly you have a way to gain bone shield from range, initiate a pull, and solve this dilemma all at once. That would, uh, that would be an interesting addition. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, things like this where there's a, there's a conflict of interest in the spec. In like when you, when you initiate a pull, afterwards it's sort of fine up until the point where you're out of melee for 10 or 15 seconds, but like, the problem is on the pool, where you have three things that you need to do, and you can only do two of them. Mm. Yeah, just stay well moon, dude. Easy. <laughs> I, guess that's where our, I guess that's where our old advantage of having Bone Shield just set on a button to press to gain. How many stacks did, in what did we gain when we pressed the Bone Shield? Like, I don't even remember. But six, we I think. Eight, six? six? Eight, yeah. Like, it I wasn't very engaging gameplay in that sense, but the spec had so many other things that wasn't an issue, but at least we had that option. We didn't have to worry about, like Mandel saying, the several choices you have to make moving in or out of a pack. Um, yeah. Do you... Do you sure it wasn't even a significant amount of, like, significant part of the spec. Uh, no. Legion, it was uh, a 20% minor cooldown. Yeah. It was basically equivalent to AMS in terms of relative strength. Mm. Yeah. But you use that to help get everything else set up because you had like you had your re- your charge resources. So you had um oh god, what was that spell that uh, converted your re- your disease into runes? Really? Cor- uh, oh, Plague Age. 
Plague Leech, where you could Plague sacrifice Leech, yeah. your diseases off to get two yeah. runes, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're setting up your play. So you're setting up a disease for Plague Leech, so right? So you're putting up diseases with like a icy touch and like Plague Strike or whatever, or Outbreak yep. if you had that. Uh, you had you spending runic power, not from Death Strike, to set up your rune taps. Sorry, your blood taps, right? So you were setting up all these other resources. So if you quickly made a mistake or you quickly had to get some resources, you had buttons to press. And yeah. you have to micromanage which ones you wanted to press because which ones would be more cost effective. Um, and it was always like the idea of like filling like a bucket with water and you have to make sure it doesn't like topple over. Now it's that, but it's literally just do I press death strike or not? Yep. That's the gameplay thought, isn't mm. it? <laughs> I could go about the stages, sorry. <laughs> that's, uh, that's okay. Um, you did say that uh, Blood Boil doesn't have synergy with the spec, and maybe this can segue into uh, into what I wanted to ask you next. I mean, hemostasis is maybe a big part of the of the reason you play Blood Boil now, at least in AoE, right? To buff, to buff the death strike. Obviously, that doesn't reduce the damage that you take, and it doesn't give you potions or anything like that. So it's kind of like you, you press it, but you don't get really the effect until later. Um, do you think they should make a hemostasis baseline? And while we're at it, uh, can we talk a little bit about the talents? Because there are a couple of talents that I've almost never seemed to need to use. And they're on the same row, by the way. Like, mm. rapid decomp and consumption are about the same strength relative, but why would you pick either of them when hemo is on the row? Like, there's so the many wasted opportunities in the talent tree just due to a certain number of talents that are basically mandatory picks. Yeah, we kind of get like, we have the first row is really good in regards to getting to choose between Blood Drinker and Heartbreaker, like, because you get like a single target and then you get an AoE sort of choice. So you get a meaningful pick out of two. And then the last row is quite good in in regards to you've got, you know, Purgatory, Vampiric Blood or Bone Storm. So you get meaningful choice in three selections, but just doesn't really carry that way through the tree, you know. Will of the Necropolis is always going to be a pick. As Mandel just said, Hemostasis is always going to be a pick. Um, and then we kind of had Relish in Blood and Blood Tap, but Relish in Blood just ended up kind of being the default go-to as well because majority of the time, most people were going to stuff up playing with Blood Tap. Anyway, it, it would put them further behind just picking, you know, an autopilot Relish in Blood type of deal. Um, and then, you know, row 40, we had, we, we actually get a choice, but it's just, Not I'd really I'd, know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. No, that's true as well. We need a slow to run the fuck away. Um, I'd, I'd just like to see, like, personally, I'd, I'd like to see more talents that interacted with Bone Shield and did something from, from using Bone Shield charges. Uh, I, like, I, I don't know what, but I think that would be a really cool way to make the spec interesting a get around choice if you had talents that you would have to sacrifice you know bone shield charges or whatever to get xyz mm. effects from and things like that i mean tombstone would be a good example on that one where it's currently stuck on the talent row where it's never going to be picked simply because yeah. out of the three talents it is the only one that is rp neutral or rp deficit and the moment you have more than two targets you're going to pick heartbreaker anyway like more DPS, it's more survival. Yeah. I mean, even then, Tombstone costs five bone shield charges. That's that's a lot. Yep. Mm. Yeah, it brings Actually, you out no of your area. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a talent that if you made it baseline, 
And if you tweaked it so that it, like, you keep the same relative strength, but you make it cost three bones rather than five, as a baseline ability, it would be a really good addition to the kit. Be fine, yeah. The, all this highlights the, the lack of design, though, in the spec, because you have plagues, they do nothing. You press them, you forget mm. them. You have mm. bones, they do nothing. You keep above five because of ossuary, that is it. You have a whole bunch of resources that are basically maintenance buffs that you just need to keep up and not do anything with. The rest of your kit is you basically take your runes, you convert them into runic power as effectively as possible, you use your blood boils because of a talent, and you basically go along and have fun with that, basically. It's a builder spender in disguise. I do that uh that reminds me of the Bone Shield definitely is, is a resource that they can definitely play a little bit more with and the fact that it's kind of like bare bones outside of the talents maybe is one of the reasons why Oshie became also baseline. Obviously it was the, 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 the talent to pick in the talent role to begin with for a reason and now that you mentioned uh, Tombstone could become baseline with a tweak or two there just goes to show that okay we have this, this potential of a resource that we can play with that's uh, uh, bone shield that's a little bit more interesting and even however boring it is what is it uh brewmaster's mastery that just gives you dodge that still feels a little bit more interesting to play with than it is with with bone shield though you probably just it's also kind of a passive and forget but yeah bone shield you just build it it's there and as long as it doesn't drop it's it's fine and here's the thing about bone shield systemically it is the same as festering wounds yeah you're spending runes to make a tertiary resource but there's nothing interesting that you really do with them ever. Yeah, um, it's not like festering wounds where you actually have an impact yeah. on it. Like you can choose when to yeah. pop them and how to pop them. Yeah, and I mean like shit, even they did they did something like interesting with Razor Eyes at least in Legion. They scrapped it because like for whatever reason. But Shattering Strikes was still like interesting and had it saw its gameplay and stuff like that. Yeah. Um of course it was held up by T sets and whatever. Um I don't know, man. I feel like they could just scrap bloodworms. Uh, make it a mastery or something like that and just like have a fresh row just for like design space to explore. I didn't mind um I don't think it was uh fantastic in its implementation, but um spectral deflection was pretty cool when that was in game. I didn't mind the concept behind that. That was um that was interesting. I don't know if the threshold on it was too low, but I thought that was pretty interesting. You um, have to remember that most of the spectral deflection stuff, like most of the impact or negative impact on you was lessened by the artifact traits as well. Mm, yeah, that's you, true. Actually. You had the artifact traits that would give you a chance to absorb double. Yeah. And you had the other artifact trait that gave you a chance equal to your crit to not consume a bone. Um, I haven't, I haven't actually uh, checked. Did we get anything in 9.1 specifically, like Covenant Legendaries or anything? I haven't seen anything for all the legendaries. Are dog shit. Oh, yeah, Covenant Legendaries. Basically. We've talked about that. Already. Yeah, it's like that for every spec apart from like two or three. Yeah, Necro yeah. Rogue. Uh, there was another one as well, but like it's it's exceptions rather than the rule. Right, right. There seems to be a second legendary that you use like one specifically government and then one for your spec. I I find it weird that they're not conduits because they are tuned to the same power level. That's that's what I found weird because systematically all of the all of the legendaries have been incredibly underwhelming for most specs. And uh, they've changed, for instance, the, I think recent, the only one that I personally know that they've changed after they announced was the Discipline Priest with the mind games where it no longer gives you two charges, but has a weird interaction that just makes it dead. 
uh, which is a little bit weird. So I don't know what their plan is because if you if you wouldn't know any better, it sounds it seems like the legendary the common legendaries are just meant to be like a second legendary, uh, a complementary one, like a specific. Or you can have whatever legendary you want and a covenant legendary. If they were just a second legendary, there would be no choice though. It would just be another uh, gear slot being essentially I suppose. just by the legendary. Some of them are just really weird, though. Like the sm- the swarming mist one is really odd. It's like, like to activate it at high runic power when it's something that gives you tons of runic power. Like not just that to have to literally spam rune tap during it to maximize its effect. Yeah, like it just doesn't make sense, and it feels counterintuitive. It feels like uh, basically designed through a spreadsheet rather than actually designed in game. Tyrion one does absolutely nothing on a single target. Yeah, because it needs to spread in order to activate. And uh, you did say that there's fewer multi-target bosses this time around in the new raid. Yeah, so let's see, Taragrus. So Ida Jailer has adds every well, an ad, ad every minute or so. The nine has two targets at the start of the fight for the first two minutes of the seven-minute fight. I'm guessing there's going to be ads on like the Sylvanas part or something, right? Yeah, we haven't seen Sylvanas yet. Yeah. Does Kel'Thuzad have ads? Isn't Kel'Thuzad with a, with a bunch Kel'Thuzad of ads? Has oh, Kel'Thuzad has shit done during the intermission, and it also mm. has pillars that you can spread stuff to throughout the main phase. Mm. Nezul has um, orbs that you need to kill as a priority target. All right. Well, yeah. I haven't seen Nezul. Is that like the Shadowman Berrigan spot? Or? Nezul is what's going to be known as the knockback fight. <laughs> you spend about oh, 50% yeah. of the fight getting knocked from one side of the room to the other. You will have KJ and Knight. Oh, it's one of those. That sounds, getting sounds, Manor Roth flashbacks now. So, sounds like fun. <laughs> sounds like fun yeah. for low mobility classes. Did the knock, knockbacks match uh, the cooldown of Death's Advance? Do they sync? I mean, I, I would imagine you can uh, uh, immune them, right, with Death's Advance? You can immune them with AMS. Secret oh. tech, right there. Um, oh. Ooh. Do they know? multiple knockbacks on some oh. players, and you dispel them to trigger the knockback. Uh. So you get the raid all stacked up, and then you dispel someone, you get knocked to the other side of the room. The other person then gets dispelled with their debuff times out, knocks the raid again in a different direction. I have an important question um, because yeah. I've done KJ and I I know how bad it is. Does Revival dispel it? Uh, it did on Heroic, doesn't on Mythic, so they fixed that now. It's, uh, it sounds a lot like KJ. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's reverse KJ. Instead of getting gripped, you get oh. pushed away. So um, with Blood in particular, there's a community perception of that. You know, blood is the tank that self-heals. You don't really need to pay much attention to a Blood DK. But when you start to look a bit more into log data and you look quite a bit deeper into damage taken, there's a little button there that says EHRPS, and that stands for external healing required per second. So that's the amount of healer attention each person required. When you start to compare Blood DK against all other tanks, it's quite a similar amount of number. Even though their HPS is higher than all other tanks, the actual external healings or healer retention they need is quite similar because blood takes all the damage to their face and then heals it back up. That's just how the toolkit works. It looks great on meters. And then you have this meter effect of if I've got a blood DK, they're doing lots of healing. 
but if you start to look at other tanks they're not doing that much healing but they're reducing their damage taken so their mm. damage taken is lower their external healing requires the same so if we look at brewmaster for example it will stagger damage it will purify damage that purified damage deleted from the game no one knows it's happened apart from the monk because they press purify but we can reverse calculate it and we can see uh using some logs that i've got from this week my healing just normally was about 1.3 million and then purified removed 1.5 and that is a missing effect from the meters if that was added to the meters people would think brewmaster's great it's removing all this damage of purify you just don't see it mm -hmm. then you can extend that to all other tanks you know how much did shield block stop how much did shield of the righteous stop how much did iron first stop how much did spike stop you know it's, it's all there it's all kind of hidden in a way and you kind of need to dig a bit deeper but blood dk it's all there at face value like that's kind of what leads to this perception of blood being a great self-healing tank and it's also uh, factors into what so most people say that the HP yo-yos a lot, but the Blood Decay just takes more damage than every other tank oh, on, the, on the maturity. So the way I the way I see it and usually tell people is, you know, measure, I suppose, the runic power bar. Because when I'm out of runic power, I'm fucked. But when I have runic power, it's very hard to die unless I really fuck up the rotation. I would say when you're looking at a blood DK, just think of them as having two health bars. They've got the health bar and the runic bar. If both are low, it's a bad time. That can be extended and should be extended to all the tanks. Like recently, I've seen a lot of paladins and a lot of protection warriors not pressing shield of the righteous or shield block. Because, well, first of all, it's really hard to tell how much those two abilities are actually doing. So there's a lack of feedback, like in-game feedback. And on top of that, you have Word of Glory and Ignore Pain showing up on the healing meters. It's the same thing. You have really, really strong AM, well, in, in the case of Shield Block anyway, not actually having any kind of feedback loop to the user. As a result, people get baited and, you know, press the thing that shows on HPS. It's all important to show on those meters. God. Is that the yeah. issue there? Is, it, is that feedback related, do you think? I think it's like it's user feedback related in that you press shield block, you can see how much is being blocked, but you need to dig into logs to actually go and see it. Like there is no there is no reward for blocking things, and there is no visualization of that damage being there. As opposed to like ignore pain, where you yep. get like a buff and then you can see it actually drain. Yep. I, I think the way that they can I think the way that they can fix that is to just make boing sounds when you block. I think that solves all of the feedback <laughs> needs that you oh, have. Yeah. That's, uh, but that's... I mean, Go yeah, for DK it. has feedback in the same time, like with that whack-a-mole gameplay that it sometimes revolves into. Where you have, you've like banked up RP, you're getting like your ass kicked in by Sludge Fist, who's hitting you for like 40% or 30% of melee. You take two melees, you do one swing of death strike, and your health goes back up to eighty percent. That's pretty significant feedback. And the best example for this one was actually, I mean, the one I can remember was KG or Argus, mm. where, like, you would be during fell clause, you would be taking a hundred mm -hmm. plus percent of your maximum health, and you'd be fine because you'd be riding the blood shield train. It'd be cool to see mastery get a boost and blood shield become something that felt valuable again something that felt solid like and it was talking about ignore pain pressing it and then watching 
that ignore pain value like tick down it would be cool to like i know that we can obviously track blood shield with a week but it disappears so quick it would be cool to see that at a much stronger thing and be able to actually monitor your blood shield that wasn't just gone in one melee swing basically that's another thing where there were interactions in the kit that all got removed because if you remember mm. there was another legion artifact trait that gave you 25% leech when blood shield was up I I had a lot of fun getting rank 1 HPS passes for memes on Mistress on that one. Because <laughs> Mistress did shadow damage. It wasn't consuming blood shield. As a result, I, I want... had 25% leech the entire fight. I'm very curious if part of the issues with that could just be solved by overhealing done, just go straight into a burn shield or something like that. Sorry, not burn shield, uh, blood shield. Yeah, that would be a good way to fix it. Yeah, because then it makes all the leech talents a bit more relevant as well. It also makes... Like voracious it, and stuff like that. Yep. It makes it even better for high keys as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Finally, I'll be able to equip Mastery. Is that what you're saying? I mean, Mastery is good at the moment. Like, the the reason it was dog shit for two expansions is because most of your kid, like, all Azerite, all Essences, all of that stuff did not scale over attack power. Well, uh, that's definitely one way to look at it. And obviously, uh, this this one, this proving community misconception, because perception can be sometimes good, sometimes bad. It's, uh, it's very important. And uh, you heard it here, healers. If you see your uh, blood decay healing a lot more than you, that's not because he's a better player. Maybe he is, who knows? But that is because he's taking more damage. So, uh, actually, I didn't know that. Um, fun, like, numerically wise, blood decay still needs the roughly the same amount of healing... Uh, as as everybody else, but uh, it's, a, it's a it's a good point of reference and a good set of uh, track tra- of mind to be in when you when you're playing blood decay and obviously when you when you're healing a blood decay I suppose. All right, well, uh, boys, we're kind of nearing the end of our time uh, since uh, due to the restrictions of the platforms, we cannot keep it too long. But I do want to end this with uh, something that I mentioned a little bit earlier on, which is. Uh, if you had the power, if uh, good old Ian has a coast, this came to you, you were working at Blizzard for like an exorbitant amount of money, so it's it's worth it. And he said, hey, you guys got to make a new ability for Blood Decay or bring something back, a mechanic from the past, um, or, or two or three or whatever. And uh, it doesn't matter the balance, it doesn't matter how much it costs, do it. Uh, what would you guys... Uh, get get into the dk kit uh that would be, be really cool either it's, an, it's a new concept or something that was before um what do you guys think and uh we can start with whoever wants to uh, to chime in and if you want to take a time to think that's fine we'll, we'll edit the time out that's not a problem and i have two changes rather than one. sure sure go for it man greedy bastard <laughs> <laughs> tombstone baseline okay and a rework to bone storm where instead of taking all the runic power all at once it drains it. So basically, oh, Breath of Cinderagasa. Ooh, does it have a cap to how much it drains? Uh, just, for instance, 10 per second. Oh, okay. So it's still it's still the, the, the 10 second cap. It's not like Breath where it just, you just keep it up for no, as no, long no, as... No, 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 no. Like, pot- uh, potentially infinite. Ooh. Oh, that would yeah, be so Bones cool. Of oh, that would be so cool. Oh my god, I just imagine just getting healed constantly with it. I don't even have to rework the acronym. BOS, it works. <laughs> <laughs> like, this would fix Bonestorm as a cooldown viable for every kind of scenario. Not the best on the row, but definitely situationally good. As opposed to the thing where you need to pull full RP or nearly full RP in order to press it. And by that point, you're dead in my content. 
can I follow up? Oh, sure, go for it. Um, basically that, but to extend it, you have to use death coil. So we'd actually press it, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't death coil <laughs> consuming death runic yeah, power though? Yeah, have a choice between death strike and burn still at least. That'd be cool. Actually, that'd be cool. It'd be interesting at least. I'm guessing yep. death coil would have to be like balanced. Oh, and the actual like uptime difference would have to be like, what, four seconds for it to actually be useful every one fall but so it wouldn't be draining running part anymore but you can extend its duration with death quail yeah oh but you have to have a choice between death strike or death quail. <sighs> but i don't have death quail on my bars <laughs> ah, okay. not many people do <laughs> um, but I, I definitely have a second one that's just like a 10 or 20 runic power spender that does like minuscule damage but has insane threat generation in naoi yep Maybe on okay. a like 10 second cooldown or something, but yeah. I mean, it would fix the problem that our main, like the highest uh, damage per execute time in our in our kit is Death Strike and it's pure single target. Mm-hmm. So See, that with would this segment, it. yeah, exactly. But like with this segment, I like making like fun shit, but there's so many issues with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, is this yeah. when we bring back Trox's document? Most of it is duplicable. Oh, oh Trox's document. Oh, what is Trox's document? Oh, it's a seventy-page feedback document the, the on the DK Bible. The DK Bible. Yeah. The DK design Bible. Ooh, we, we need that. We need that. We're gonna add that into the description. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Seventy it's a pages. Good read. Like it's a really good read. I haven't read that many pages in a, uh, at once in a while, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it took me. It took me more than a day to read a book like that. Uh, is, is it is it current? Is it for the for the Shalens version of the Bloody K or? No, it was like what I think. Uh-huh. Uh, he did one was... for yeah two for what I think, and then yeah. quit when it went into BFA. Yeah, the last one was on the changes going into Legion actually. Oh, was it? Oh, there you go. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, he may he revised it. Do I? I don't know. I'd bring back army. I don't know how well it fits anymore, but I miss having army of the dead. Um, as like as a as a DK, just in terms of I don't know RP fantasy wise of the actual class you're playing, having army of the dead was something that was really cool. It was also really good in regards to going into ridiculously big pools if you you know if you hadn't used the turn up for rune generation or bone shields or whatever, and you weren't going to get into a pool on time. Having army of the dead as a mass taunt. Being able to build resources for when army eventually died off to be able to, you know, engage that pull as a tank was a really cool thing to have. It was also a really good defensive to have in the middle of large pulls as well. Um, but it was, I just think it fit the class really well. And I get how they've divided that up to, you know, unholy and and breath to frost and things like that. But it was it was really cool in that wad DK feeling like a complete DK. You had, you know, you had Breath of Syndragosa, you had Army of the Dead, you know, you you were a, you were this complete DK package type of thing. I think that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, if well, I don't know if they've done this for any other spec, but they could just make Army have different effects based on the spec. So on Blood, it could taunt, and on Unholy, you can still smack shit really hard. That's... Yeah. That, that could solve, uh, that could definitely solve the, you know, we're starting a dungeon, we're lost in the first pack, uh, I need to survive to build resources uh, issue. Um, have you done Halls of Atonement recently? 
how fun would the frontals be with random ghouls taunting all over the place? <laughs> it would be oh. awesome on Necrotic, though. Ooh, it would be absolutely. amazing on Necrotic. Oh. Yeah, I didn't think about the frontals. See, this is why I don't theorycraft. <laughs> all right, all right. Use treants for the exact same reason. Yep. That's true. Hmm. And the AI, I really like stupid stuff that makes you do more damage. So it would be Blood Mirror. Give Blood me, Mirror was awesome. Give me that risk reward. That isn't so easy to capitalize on the reward. Actually make it a risk. Yep, completely agree with that one. I still have no idea why they removed it. Because, like, I mean, you've pointed it out time and time again on feedback. Like, Brewmaster Monk has the same thing. Yeah, Just they added dumber. it back for Brewmaster on this owl. So when you purify... 25% of your purified damage goes into the next stomp that Nizal does. So what I've been doing on farm is I've been turning around, sitting down, getting crit in the back so that I get a load of stagger so that I purify it. It does 50k damage with the next stomp. Ooh. Okay. I'm up to 9k DPS as a tank. Huge. My defensive windows. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Finally, I can bring back my slash sit back row. <laughs> Put it on the bars. You still get crit if you sit. Yep. Yeah. All right. If you sit, you get crit. If you turn around, you can't dodge, parry, or block. Yeah. Uh, it's important nice. to note that the crit only happens on uh, melee wide damage, but most of it is like most of the damage coming out today is just that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Important caveat: I do not recommend doing that. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it here, folks. Don't uh, don't don't parse your brewmaster damage. But you're probably why uh, the reason why a lot of brewmasters won't get good parses right now if they don't do that, right? I mean, it's, it's the only way to get passes now. Yeah. So I, I just noticed over the last few weeks my pass is getting lower and lower. No, uh, you cannot have that. Wrong. You run out of gold to pay your priest, man. Uh, <laughs> Pi only adds like four DPS for brewmaster. Oof. It doesn't really do much. It's the same for Windwalker as well. Wait, mm. Not not even a legendary pass on Denathrius? Mm. I get annoyed if like someone tries to troll PI me at like the last four seconds of the boss. It's like, why'd you do that? Now my pass looks <laughs> weird. <laughs> People will say, ah, he got PI'd. Well, this was a wonderful talk, gents, and uh, I, I personally had a lot of fun. Um, definitely ran out of time, but uh, obviously, if you're cool with it, we would like to revisit Bloody Decay uh, for the down in 9.1 once, uh, once with the patches out. What is it? Maybe two months, something like that. Probably still going to be a while until it's uh, until it's out. And uh, it'll take that long to organize our schedules. Anyway, <laughs> so that's all right. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like we we can start scheduling a date now, and by the time the patch is out and the the raid progression is done, we'll have Lee have a have a freaking freaking day down. But it was really fun talking to you guys. I'm glad you guys were here. And um, if you want to check everybody out, we'll have descriptions down below for Twitches and YouTubes and Twitters and all of that and tanknose.com as well. And you can check all that. And of course, if you want to talk with the big, big bloody K brains, everybody should definitely check the Accurate Discord channel where you can find a lot, a lot of helpful and updated information about anything and everything with uh, Bloody K. And uh, thank you very much, Dark, Band, Mandel, and Panthea for coming today. It was, uh, was, was, was a blast. You will be able to find our episodes on Marcelino Online on youtube.com slash Online. It's obviously on all of the platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, iTunes, and all of that good stuff. 
Thank you for tuning in today and uh, see you next time. Still, I play wow. Still, I play wow.